This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Imagine having your wisdom teeth extracted by a dentist. Not exactly a pleasant thought, but... What if that procedure led you to an opioid addiction? Patients in that age range who were previously unexposed to opioids and who got a first opioid prescription, about 6% wound up being given a diagnosis relating to opioid misuse or abuse. Then, living life and running a household takes time and labor. But one expert says we can do much better by doing less. The kind of work that managers and secretaries, also known as admins, do in the workplace for pay, but that all of us do invisibly and for free in our own lives. Those two interviews and more are coming your way on this week's show. InfoTrack begins right after this. InfoTrack. The weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Thousands of teens and young adults have their wisdom teeth extracted each year. But according to research, a significant number of them end up addicted to opioid painkillers. Here with the story, InfoTrack's Gina Tedesco. Gina? Thanks, Chris. Who knew that when young people have oral surgery to remove wisdom teeth, they might be at a higher risk for continuing to use opioids or even getting hooked on them? But that's the takeaway from a new study by the Stanford University School of Medicine. Joining us now is Dr. Alan Schroeder, clinical professor of pediatrics at Stanford and the study's lead author. Doctor, your study examined nearly 15,000 teens and young adults who received an opioid prescription for pain after getting their wisdom teeth removed. You looked to see if they would stop using opioids after their initial prescription ran out. What did you find? We actually just looked at opioid prescriptions from dental providers in an age range, 16 to 25, where wisdom teeth extractions account for the large majority of opioid prescriptions. And we found that patients in that age range who were previously unexposed to opioids and who got a first opioid prescription, about 7% of them wound up continuing to use opioids at least three months later. And about 6% wound up being given a diagnosis relating to opioid misuse or abuse. How would you characterize the seriousness of that finding? With a caveat being that this is, you know, we used an insurance claims database, which has some inherent limitations. If the findings are indeed true, it's fairly alarming that this exposure to opioids, particularly given the current opioid crisis, that initial exposure to opioids could result in subsequent misuse or abuse in one in 16 or so patients. And your study revealed particular results about the youngest teens and females. What did you discover? Yes, there was a slightly higher risk of persistent use in patients that were in the 16 to 18 age ranges compared to the slightly older group. What was somewhat unexpected was to see a fairly large difference in the subsequent diagnosis of abuse in females as opposed to males. And you did have a technique, I understand, to screen out patients who might have already been using opioids, didn't you? Exactly. So we excluded anyone who had had an opioid prescription in the prior 12 months. We also excluded patients who had had any diagnosis relating to opioid abuse in the prior 12 months. It's not a perfect way to establish that these were completely opioid-naive patients. I suspect not 100% of them were, 
But given that the confines of the data set, which the advantages of such a data set is that it provides information on a large number of patients, but given some of the limitations, it was the best that we could do. There are reports that some young people who got wisdom teeth removed, and perhaps not part of your study at all, but still reports that they turned to street drugs and there was at least one death. Doctor, can we conclude that the opioid prescriptions and subsequent abuse could potentially create a pathway to street drugs like heroin or even death? Yeah, I mean, I think that some of the pushback to our study has been people saying, well, the deaths are caused by heroin and fentanyl that comes, you know, shipped in from other countries and not from prescription pain pills. But the point here is that at some point, the exposure has to start somewhere. And we are seem to be learning more and more that opioids to generally healthy people who undergo some form of procedure or have an injury, that there is this link with persistent use. And so we did not find any association with death, but we only had a year of follow-up. And so it was beyond the aim of our study to really look at downstream effects years later. But you can imagine that we've heard from a number of people since this was published describing what it is that you're asking, which is that there may have been initial exposure with a prescription opioid that then leads to subsequent use of street drugs. We're visiting with Dr. Alan Schroeder, a clinical professor of pediatrics at Stanford, on a new report concerning opioid use among young people who have received prescriptions after wisdom tooth removal. Your study showed that often patients were prescribed 20 pills, which is almost three a day for seven days. Is the seven-day duration a major problem? For example, would two or three days' worth of pills reduce the risk? Yeah, I think there are many experts out there now that would say zero days is sufficient. There are a number of non-opioid pain relievers, particularly NSAIDs like ibuprofen, that have been shown to be effective for controlling the pain after dental procedures. And the American Dental Association has really taken great steps to try to disseminate that information over the last couple of years. So 20 pills for wisdom teeth extraction does seem like too much and raises the concern of, you know, this large bottle of pills now that is sitting around unused and may lead to subsequent recreational use in the patient themselves and or diversion to friends and family. And the other drugs you mentioned, the point being is they are not as potentially addictive as opioids. Isn't that it? That's correct. What advice would you give parents on talking with a doctor about controlling a child's pain appropriately after wisdom tooth removal? There are two things. The first is if you have to have a dental procedure such as wisdom teeth extractions, really talking about non-opioid pain control strategies following the procedure, that can be tricky because you may not know at the time whether you will need a couple of pills. But if you're going to get some prescriptions, I think parents can very carefully monitor opioid use and really make sure that the minimal amount necessary is prescribed. But I think the other lesson is for any surgical procedure that may require opioid, we really make sure that that's included in the risk-benefit calculation for the procedure itself. And for wisdom teeth extractions, these are far and away the most common surgical procedure done in adolescents and young adults. And, and we don't have like a lot of great evidence to support the frequency with which that procedure is currently conducted in this country. So it'd be nice to see more research on that front as well to flesh out the risk-benefit profile a little bit better. 
You talked about the parents monitoring the opioid use, if there are any. Would you go so far as to say that parents should actively hide these medicines when the children are not taking them? Yeah, it's a complicated question. And, you know, we're talking about patients you know, for opioids. It tends to be adolescents and young adults. And oftentimes they are young adults and we have to respect their autonomy and independence. And so I think that probably should be dealt with on a case by case basis. And, and ideally, you get the patient on board with the pain management plan and make sure that the patient understands the concerns themselves. Dr. Alan Schroeder, clinical professor of pediatrics at Stanford University. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. For InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco. Next, how you can live better and be happier by doing a lot less. That story, straight ahead. There's more InfoTrack coming up. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.